a moving service remembering the life of Tim Keller. And then I give Aubrey a quiz entitled Contemporary Worship Song or Love Song. You're listening to The Common Good. It's Friday, friends. Glad to have you with us here on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Aubrey, I say it again. It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. It's Friday. We made it to the end of the week. Yep. I love it. I love when Friday hits. And Are you finally staying in town for a weekend? Are you finally in town? I'm actually going to be here. I was at, I was in town last weekend as well. But yes, I two weekends in a row, I am in town. So that's very exciting. How about I thought you, you spoke you somewhere last week. Didn't I you did. speak somewhere last weekend? I, I did, but it was Wheaton College. Local school. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've, I've, been, I've been around. Don't know if you graduated from there or not. It's still uh, in question for many people. Yes, yes. Uh, what uh, about you? What are you up to this weekend? I, lots of family time. Lots of family stuff because this is the last weekend before my younger two go back to high school and my wow. older daughter goes back to college. So I have this noticed is kinda... more and more people are posting their back to school pics all week. So next week will be your family. Yeah, because the following weekend we go up. I, we don't take her back till Sunday, but we'll take oh, Madeline okay. back to school on Sunday. Very interesting phenomenon. Uh, Madeline and I were talking about this on a walk the other day that like I told her, I said, I'm going to don't get me wrong i i want you to stay home like i will miss you greatly but the feelings this year versus <clears throat> last year are so different <laughs> like last year it was like this impending doom my daughter's leaving but now we're used to it you know yes. and i know she's going to a place she loves that i'm not expecting any emotion around her going this time you're and last like, year it was like go, see a girlfriend love ya you're the best <laughs> and she feels exactly the same way which in a strange way makes me very happy yeah, like you're like good. like i see good. i've got friends and family who are dropping their kids off for the first time here in the next week or two at college and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're like but, i've been there but it gets easier that's good to know i'm i'm glad i'll be looking to you in the next couple of years but glad to yeah. know it's it's getting easier would carrie say the same thing is she like oh yeah 100 percent because okay. then we brought it up to her and she's like, it's so true. And so I like, because now we know the rhythm. We know how it works. We know she's happy. Like it's, it's really, I think back to this time last year and the amount of stress and emotion and planning. Mm. And now it's like, oh yeah, you go in a week. What, what time are we leaving? What time are we doing? So <laughs> oh man, it certainly is something. So we're glad that you're with us here on a Friday. Looking forward to a good weekend. Aubrey, kind of feel like we're putting a bow on this. We've talked a lot in the last month or two uh, about Tim Keller. And they, they finally did a memorial service for him yesterday. and Or oh, earlier wow. in the week. Maybe, okay. no, sorry. It was earlier in the week. Maybe gotcha. on Tuesday. Okay. And uh, what was amazing was you would have thought it was at Redeemer or something, but you got to remember Redeemer, I believe, rents a lot of space in the city. Mm. Uh, it was at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Have you ever been in St. Patrick's I Cathedral? I have been in St. Patrick's Cathedral. It is beautiful. And wow, how fitting for Tim Keller to have his uh, right? to have his service there. But yes, it's right there in Manhattan. It's gorgeous. It's just like so New York. And the line to get in, they said, was around the block. Come on. And so very honoring. But here's what I want you to hear. It's uh, it, it was 
it was wild. It, it, you read about our friend Sarah Zylstra actually wrote the key, the article over at the Gospel Coalition. So she was obviously there. Uh, Kathy Keller, this is how she starts her article. Kathy Keller, who is Tim Keller's wife and widow, there were 2,000 guests. She told the 2,000 guests, uh, you may have noticed that this isn't the usual sort of memorial service. That's because Tim wrote it himself. Come on. Just the way he liked to do funerals for other people, she said. You mentioned the dead person, certainly, but then you talk about the God that person is now facing. She went on to talk about uh, Tim being with Jesus. And uh, she said, Tim is buried at St. Michael's Cemetery, but that place is huge and you couldn't find the grave even if you tried. (sighs) But she said, but please don't try. And here's why. Tim and I were always uncomfortable with people who would go and talk at graves because the person is not there. Oh, interesting. The whole service. Her sons got up. And then I'll read something that Sam Alberry did the main message. He's a family friend of theirs. But going back to what I shared earlier, the fact that Tim Keller planned his own funeral is amazing and not at all surprising that's to, like the to most me. Tim what do you think? Keller, that's like, tell me you're Tim Keller without telling you're Tim Keller, right? right. Like, I'm going to plan my own funeral and it will be very purposeful. I'm guessing every hymn, every song, every scripture, every word was just very thoughtfully designed Aubrey, you- by him. You could, it's as if you read the article, you could not be more right. Really? He picked, picked, and there's an article also over Christianity Day by Francis Collins about the last time he spent with Tim Keller at the uh, hospital. Mm. Tim Keller picked six very specific hymns. Come on. In a very specific order. No. Because he said in these six hymns, it tells the entire gospel story. Oh, from wow on, so he not only did he pick like oh i like this song he said mm-hmm. i want these six hymns in this order mm-hmm. and I, this is how i want them do they does the article share what they are because i would love to know that like the order and the song he let me see i think it's in the christianity today one i'll have to look it up but um he uh yeah, here we go. It starts with immortal, invisible, God only wise. He says a tremendous depiction of God's attributes. Mm. Uh, and can it be that I should gain a reflection on how we connect to God and have a personal relationship with him? Wow. Then to how firm a foundation, God's word in good times and bads. This was Tim and Kathy's wedding recessional. Uh, he was firm about the right tune to use for this one. <laughs> Followed by Jesus lives and so shall I, a quiet but profound hymn about hope for the future. Wow. Then followed by glorious things of thee are spoken, a proclamation that the church was founded on the rock of ages. Wow. And finally, ending with for all the saints, which means we will all be gathered in the end. Wow. That's a lot of hymns, though. It's a lot of hymns. I'm not going to lie. Wow. (laughs) Sam Alberry in his uh, in his sermon, in his homily said this, uh, what Tim was imperfectly, Christ has always been fully and completely. Mm. Or to borrow from one of Tim's more memorable phrases, Jesus is the true and better Tim Keller. And so the best way to appreciate and understand Tim is to think about 
Dang. Wow. Wow. That makes you want to, that makes you want to cry. That's powerful. This is like the most intentional memorial service I've ever heard about. Not surprising, but also surprising, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It makes me want to go. It makes me want to go. If I had time, like if I were given the time to be able, like by God, to be able to, uh, plan my own memorial service what would it look like like what would i want who would i want to speak what Uh would i want read what would i want he obviously took that time very intentionally good for him yeah good for him not everybody gets to do that that's that's pretty pretty amazing for for people who maybe don't know the reason why that true and better Tim Keller thing is so powerful is because Keller would end almost every one of his sermons with Jesus is the truer and better version of whatever he just preached on. Right. That right. was kind yeah. of the Tim Keller preaching Q and uh, MO and signature. Right. And so that's what a powerful thing for him to say. Jesus is the better Tim Keller. Wow. Wow. So wow, Keller wow. very honored in his and God very glorified in that memorial service mm. must have been awesome. Uh, this weekend, I would like you to give some thought a little bit of a dark thought, Aubrey, but I would like by Monday for you to be able to tell us if you had a memorial service for yourself soon, what role would I play? I want to know <laughs> what role I get to play. You're going to be the MC and the DJ. Hey, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> I'm going to go. Hey, friends, welcome to the memorial service of Aubrey Sampson here on AM 1160. I'm your co-host, Brian from Aubrey Sampson. We'll be co-hosting today because she did. I will will speak on hope just so at the end of your message I could go and hope for your life. That would be awesome. Well, good uh, honoring of the words and the life of Tim Keller. Coming up next at the New York Times, uh, Esau McCauley wrote about wealth and what it does to our children. We're going to do that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Esau McCauley, he's been on our show before. He's at Wheaton, right? Isn't Esau McCauley at Wheaton? Uh, he is at Wheaton. I, at least he was last I heard, unless he's left. But yes, he's a Wheaton I, College professor. Brilliant guy. I, I believe he is still there. He actually wrote a New York Times opinion piece the other day uh, about the um, – kind of the rabbit chase of wealth. Mm. Like a lot of us feel that chase, right? We feel that chase. But he took it a different way, Aubrey, and he kind of talked to what does it do to our kids mm. uh, when we are when we are primarily focused on the attaining of wealth. And interestingly, he starts the article by talking about how poverty uh, is a great time stealer because with pot, when you're in poverty, you got to keep trying to figure out how am I going to feed my family? I might have to work two jobs. I might have to do this or that. But then he talks about just the how wealth can become uh, at the altar of more money, we can sacrifice our children. So here's the question wow. he asked. Wow. Okay. Uh, here's the question that he asked. I asked my 12-year-old daughter, Macaulay says, would you rather – have 20% more stuff or 20% more time? Mm. And she replied quickly, with you, time. Where would I put all that stuff anyway? Mm. And Macaulay reflects upon that and he says, their words persuaded me to make another mid-course parenting correction common to those learning as we go. Mm. That meant taking a hard look at my travel schedule and reducing the speaking engagements that I accepted. Mm. But it was more than just travel. 
for writers, you could probably add to this. There's the ever-present specter of brand building. Yeah. We have to be creating content and engaging, but social media isn't just a time eater. It's also an energy destroyer and a mood shaper. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be commenting on everything happening everywhere and be emotionally present for my children. How do we know we have enough money? How does one discern when the cost-benefit analysis tips in favor of time? Mm. This is a question, he says, my mother never had to ask. Wow. He says, I'm not arguing for a better work-life balance, although it involves this. I'm speaking about recognizing that the rabbit of more wealth we are chasing is always a bit ahead of us, Mm. and we can lose sight of our children while we are seeking it. Boom. Esau McCulley right there going, wow. that rabbit, that, that that carrot out there in front of the rabbit, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. We always talk about that in terms of contentment and yep. being joyful. Yep. and this. He's saying chasing that carrot, you're going to leave your kids behind. And then mm. one day you're going to go, it's the old cats in the cradle. You're going to go, yes. what just happened to my kid's life? Oh, man, this is so good. I'm actually going to use some of this and quote him in my sermon on Sunday, because I'm talking a little bit about this idea of like living a generous life. I, it is so interesting to think about, I I do feel this, this ever present specter of brand building, which I, I'm not that great at it or committed to it because I do find it draining and a time eater. And I have other things I have to do. And some of that is being emotionally present with my children. Some of it is just like life. Like I, you know, somebody has got to like, continue to pay the bills and get the mail and like I just even the details of it but I have not thought of that or kind of chasing the rabbit of let's call it wealth let's even call it success let's call it notoriety um achievement as something that might be robbing your kids of quality time or to, if you don't have kids like I think your spouse, if you don't have a spouse, yeah. your friends, your loved ones, maybe even your own soul. Like, just your own personal health. Yeah. Something yeah. we talked about in yesterday's show was just this simple idea of like getting outside and going for a walk that's good for your health. Like if you're constantly sitting at your computer hustling after the next thing or on your phone, posting, responding, reacting, then you aren't outside going for a walk, experiencing yourself in nature. And you're missing out on some of the things that God probably wants to show you and your own soul needs. So, uh, you know, yes, Esau Macaulay. I, I'm also interested in, in him looking at his travel schedule and reducing the speaking engagements. Cause he obviously like he has been on a, you know, quite a trajectory of growth when it comes to his writing and speaking. Cause he's so brilliant, yeah. obviously as he's right at the New York here. times. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, you know, what that looks like for him, what their family sacrificed because of that. I I'm very curious again, this is interesting to me. His seven-year-old daughter asking dad, do you have to work again today? Do you have to go out of town again? Like, Oh, there's nothing like a kid asking you that that'll get you right in the heart. Uh, no doubt. So he says this isn't so much about <laughs> work-life balance, but it does kind of feel like work-life balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you you often joke on the show that you've got more jobs than you know how to count. Yeah. In, 
it's, it's a busy time of life, right? You need to make money to pay the mortgage. You need to make money. And our yeah. kids are a little older now, but so we're, but we are um, we're thinking about college, paying for college, helping out with some of that stuff. So yeah, I mean it's so what does a proper balance even begin to look like? How do you know when you're doing this well and when you're not doing this well? I think I'm not the right person to, <laughs> to answer this because I am just. I mean, I I think I mentioned in yesterday's show I am just now trying to get better at something I used to do a while ago, which is have Sabbath. Like hmm. uh, one of the, you know, one of the boundaries, like we said in our home that Kevin and I had to talk about and come to terms with was I do get a lot of speaking engagement asks yeah. that I will say yes, if it's local, like pretty easily without really questioning it. If it requires my travel, if it requires me being gone from my family, then I try to commit to just one time a month. Because okay. Otherwise it's, you know, it, it's, it's a lot. Like, I don't know that people realize like it's a lot on a family or maybe you do realize it's a lot on a family. It's a lot on a church family because weekends in particular mean work for church families, pastors. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm gone on a Sunday. Well, that's not Kevin's time off. That's Kevin's time on. And so we've had to kind of, we've had to set that boundary in our own, um, in our own marriage. But I think also going back to what you were saying, don't you think it also means being present? Cause you could not be working and not be busy, but be distracted by your phone right. and not being engaging with your right. kids, your spouse, your friends, et cetera. You could be isolating and not being intentional. So I think it does require, like, if you're going to say no to things for that balance, then you have to say yes to the people you love and yes. be very intentional about pursuing them. I think that is the, maybe the most important thing here is that I can be present at home and not be present with my family. Yeah. I can be, I can be physically around them and not be present. I think yeah. this is, I mean, especially if you run a busy schedule, I do think schedule, put it in, in your calendar. Here's what we're going to do as a family, being as intentional with your family and your friends as you are with your church or your work or your book writing or whatever else it might be going, okay, this, I'm keeping this open so that we can do X. And it might be go for a walk with my daughter. It might yeah. be whatever else yeah. it might be, but we are going to be intentional. These are just good words from Esau McCulley. I'd encourage people to go check yeah, it out at the totally. New York times because that I love the imagery there. That carrot just hanging out there mm -hmm. uh, is something to wrestle with. Coming up next, uh, we talked about the service for Tim Keller earlier. I did want to play something that he said years ago uh, about the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to play that and talk about it next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Tim Keller, we talked earlier yesterday was his memorial service at St. Patrick's because the or, uh, earlier in the week was his memorial service at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And uh, it was the most classic Tim Keller memorial service. We talked about it earlier where he literally planned his own memorial service, mm. uh, which is just awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I thought I'd bring back something I saw online. Uh, somebody retweeted from something that he obviously said in much healthier days years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it had to do with his wife. And uh, he uses some interesting language here and some interesting imagery. Let's give a listen to this. The person I love most in the world is my wife, Kathy. And my wife and I know that our biggest temptation for idolatry is the other person. Very, very hard not to slip into idolatry with your wife or your husband if your marriage is good. But here's what I got to keep telling myself. Jesus has got, I got to love Jesus more than my wife. 
The only way it's going to happen is if I worship and pray and think the gospel deep into my heart so that as much as I love my wife, Jesus Christ is, is my lover, the number one, is my king, is my savior, and I see what he's done for me, and it pulls my heart up to him. I don't want to love my wife less. I want to love him more. But I know this. One or the other of us is going to look at the other person in a coffin. And if our Savior's in that coffin, how will our Savior help us when our heart is breaking? There's only one Savior that can, only, that can always help you when your heart is breaking, who will be able to help you face anything, even that. All right. Uh, before we get to his imagery of one of us is going to see the other one in a coffin, which is true mm, and heartbreaking, I mean, and now yes. has become their reality. Yeah. What do you think about Tim Keller talks about? I talked about idolatry and wrote about idolatry all the time. All the uh, time. All the time. Yeah. Basically, anything that takes the throne. Yeah. That is rightfully held by Jesus in your yep. life, right? Yeah. What do you think about him saying that in a good marriage, it is your spouse that is the biggest temptation to become an idol? What do you think about just that language? I, I, to be honest, struggled hearing him say this a bit. Um, right. It's Tim Keller, right? So you, you kind of don't ever want to struggle with what Tim You know Keller he's right. But... <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Okay. So under the umbrella of Tim Keller is always right. I struggled with this a little bit. Partly, I'll, I'll tell you a few reasons. One... Um, I'm not sure that we have to do this divide where it's like, I must love Jesus in order more than I love people. Like Jesus tells us to love God and love others, mm. love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the other commandment is just like it. Love your neighbors yourself. So there's this part of me that's like, aren't I loving Jesus by loving my spouse? Hmm. Aren't I, aren't I by, by putting my spouse first and, and serving them, worshiping God? Like, I don't, I don't totally, and I always battled with this with Keller. I, I don't, of course, we are called always to remove idols. Like, that's the story of God, you know, Old Testament to New Testament, removing the idols of the people, the things that we put on the throne of our hearts, our lives, et cetera. Um, but for the Christian, I just sometimes don't know that there has to be this like total separation. Like even the way he was talking about like, I must love God more. I must convince my mind to love the gospel more than mm. I love Kathy. I'm, some of that feels a little legalistic to me. I'm not going to lie. Now, certainly we don't want it to be disordered where we're worshiping our spouse. Um, but here's the other thing. I think this is why I struggle a little bit with this too. I love Kevin. He is my best friend. I would not want to be married to anybody else. Our marriage has gotten better and better. I love him more now than I've ever loved him. Like we're tw almost 23 years in. There's a butt coming. I'm excited for this yeah. butt. I'm excited for this butt. <laughs> let's, call, let's call it an and. Let's call it an and. <laughs> I think he would say the same for me too. So I feel confident in this. <laughs> there is no danger of me putting Kevin on the same pedestal as Jesus. Like because, because we've been married, we know each other's humanity more than anybody else knows our humanity and knows our weaknesses and knows our sin and knows our brokenness. And so like... 
he is not in danger of putting me in the place of Jesus. I am not in danger of putting him in the place of Jesus. I could see this if you're like dating someone, it's that first mm. love and you think they're perfect and there's nothing wrong with them. And then suddenly your heart is worshiping them. I'm hard pressed to think in a healthy marriage, this is a problem, but may, you tell me I'm wrong. You know, tell me somebody that has, has seen their spouse inside and out and still could say they're the same as Jesus in my heart and soul. I think what he's getting at is that my security and my hope gets put in my spouse, right? Like, okay, fair, fair. Knowing fair. that, knowing that yeah. they're always going to be there, knowing because I think that then makes sense of his of the death coffin Co- analogy yeah. or okay. story of going. That makes sense. If if my hope, yes, my wife certainly does not see me in in equality with her Lord and Savior. <laughs> She's seen enough of uh, my issues, but I I think it's when it's like. But this person is, you know, my comfort. This person is my hope. This person is my. If I lose my... them, I'll lose everything. I mean, that's really the way he put it there, knowing that he's now passed away, but even not, even yeah. before he passed away, the way he put that there in ways that we don't like to think about, there will come a day where one of yeah. us. Yeah, one of us goes first, right? Obviously, you could both die in a car accident, but for sure. the 99% of us, right? One of us is going to see the other one pass away. Yeah. And I thought that was powerful. If he said, if that is mm. my ultimate, if if she for him is my all my comfort, all my hope, all this, then that dies with her. Yeah. Yeah. But the, thankfully, we have a savior who who rose again and mm. he can provide the comfort when she's gone. I, yeah. I'm That's with good. you. I'm not sure that I, he, he always talked about idolatry and he's. You know, he's forgotten more than you and I have ever known. But a hundred percent. With that said, I I do. That's why I like the second part of that. There will come a day, and this sounds dark, but it's oftentimes thinking about these dark things where we're reminded not only of the victory of Christ, but also we're shaken to go, where do I put mm, my hope? Yeah. There will come yeah. a day where either Carrie or I have to yep. grieve the other one. Yeah, that's right. And what do we do with that? Mm. What role does Jesus play? And and. You know, because I do think you make a good point. Kind of, I did kind of cringe a little bit when he's like, "I must love Jesus more than my wife," and you're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but okay, right, right." Um, but man, that imagery. Be... Oh, sorry. I, I, I want to like affirm what you're talking about with Keller, but I yep. just want to make one more point about it. it. Might also just be the way he was kind of like, I have to convince myself to love Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I think just my personality is a little more like, or invite the Holy Spirit to help me love deepen my love for Jesus. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rather than like willing myself to do it. Well, what if you say, come Holy Spirit, help me love Jesus more than I do and, and put, put my loves in the proper order. Something about that. Again, this is my personality, but feels a bit more graceful to me and a little less like uh, law based, if that makes sense. Yeah. That said, you're right about that connection between you are going to lose the people you love, period, or they're going to lose you. And so the hope and the future has to be um, anchored in Christ, not in that person. So that's a good word. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, And then the reality, when you go back and read about his memorial service or watch it from earlier this week, his wife has his wife is the one who has to bear that burden that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And she's the one grieving, but yet she speaks of the hope that he had and that she had. 
they even ended his memorial service with the words of D.L. Moody, wasn't it? Where he's like, yes, they're, they're going to say, you go to my memorial service, they're going to say that he's here. Don't believe them. I'm yeah. not here. And Billy Graham talked about this. Like, there's Beautiful. this idea of of hope. And so it does feel dark, like to to even ponder for a minute, what would it be like to have to say goodbye to my wife? And what would it be to be the one to grieve? And then we go, where's the hope? Where do, where will we actual hope? Not like pretend hope, like, oh, you know, we're fine, but actual hope. And it seems to be being lived out in his family. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. All right, Aubrey, that was a very serious conversation about spouses and losing women idols and this, that now we're going to get silly. It's quiz time. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. This quiz is right up the alley of something that I've told you is one of my primary grinds my gears <laughs> in the church. So we're going to play a funny quiz around it next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Aubrey, you know, when we've done grinds my gears in the past, when it relates to the church, one of my greatest pet peeves is contemporary Christian worship songs that are indistinguishable as to whether or not I would sing them to my heavenly father or or to my wife. wife. Yes, that is your pet peeve. It comes up quite a bit. It's one of your best grinds, my gears, and very entertaining to me, by the way. And you probably see it and hear it now. You probably, when you're listening, going, oh, there it is. So that's Brian. This is Brian's least favorite song. I know it. I know it. If I have done that for the church, you're welcome. You're welcome. So (laughs) uh, that is uh, a necessary job. So, uh, I found a quiz. I like to give you quizzes. You tend to do well on these. We've done in the past Lamentations or Taylor Swift lyric. We've done Bible verse or Ed Sheeran lyric. There was a Marvel one and a Star Wars one. My favorite one might have been the heavy metal lyric or or like the Old Testament lyric. (laughs) That one was amazing. This one, Aubrey, is simply titled this, Contemporary Worship Song or Love Song. Okay. This will be fun. So this you are going to need right to determine. Up your alley. Okay. I'm going to read you a lyric. Yep. And you need to decide. Now, what I I need to warn you in advance. I was playing with this before. It only gives us the answer. It doesn't give us the song that it comes from. So Ooh, we're, okay. we're going to need to take their word for it okay. when it says love. What okay. have we taught people on the show? Always yes. trust the internet. Always. So we always trust the internet. And, and the other thing we rely on on this, these quizzes is that they always do some strange version of the Bible. Like it's not sort of your your typical, you know, standard translation. But we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Number one. And I'm also going to be clicking these as we go. And I can't be convinced that there might not be some music that pops up. So if okay. you hear something, okay. we'll have Let's some fun with it. it. Yeah. Uh, Here's the song, Aubrey, or here's the lyric. I think I love you, but I want to know for sure. Come on, hold me tight. I love you. <laughs> That's a song. A, a contemporary <laughs> worship song or a love song? Sorry, a love song. A love song. <laughs> uh, let's see. I want to know for sure. Oh, and I do know it is by. Come on, baby. Hold it me is tight. wild thing. Yeah. It is wild thing by the Trogs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wild thing. Da, oh, that one. Da, da, Okay. You make my heart because he goes, come on. I think I love you, but I want to oh, know for that's sure. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay. Oh, if we could get you to sing each of these that you know, this will be <laughs> okay. the greatest quiz I'm, we've ever done. I am in for this for sure. I love that. All right. Capture my heart again. Your love is extravagant. Your friendship, it is intimate. 
That is the Bible or that. Oh, wait, these are not the Bible or nope, nope, nope. contemporary worship song or love oh, song. Oh, I'm going to go with contemporary worship song. I agree. But your friendship, it is intimate. I thought is this was song of songs. So that's I was thinking Bible. This is called by Casting Crowns. Oh, there's the music. Yes. By Casting Crowns, Your Love is Extravagant. Yes. I don't know that song because I don't I, I don't listen to a ton of Casting Crowns. But really, your friendship is intimate? That feels weird. That feels weird. <laughs> I think it's See? Song of Songs, though. <laughs> but you're saying to sing it to Jesus is weird. Like you it's might yeah. sing it in church. If your you sung your friendship is, is intimate, intimate, I think you would be like, what? <laughs> okay, next one. As I feel your touch, you bring a freedom to all that's within. <laughs> I hope that's a contemporary love song. So that's what I'm going to put. You're going to go love song? I actually think that's a worship song. Let I'm me check. I'm very nervous about this. It is a contemporary worship song. It no, does it's not. It does not tell me which one it is. It no, says it's the not. Video is I remember hearing that song wow. and, think, and having a okay. problem. I can, I, that could grind my gears too. That's a little too far. Wow. What, here's one. You are going to know this one. This is okay. one of the more well-known of recent years. Okay. But it's just how crazy the lyric is. A sloppy wet kiss oh, and yeah. my heart turns violently inside yeah. of my chest. David Crowder. I think they ended up changing that lyric, right? Because so many people. Well, churches have changed that lyric because they oh, want to okay. sing it. But uh, <laughs> yep. How He Loves Us by David yeah. Crowder. You're correct. Sloppy wet kiss. Gross. <laughs> All right. Lay back against you and breathe. Hear your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. That please, better be a love song. Please be a contemporary love song. Love song, love song, love song. Aubrey, what? that is Carrie Job. The no. more I sneak you. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm starting to agree with your grinds my gears stuff on this, Brian. That's bad. That's bad. And she wrote that for God? Like not for her, yes. her man? Yes. Okay. Yes. You're entering my world. Oh, I remember wow. this song. I remember this song. Uh I can feel you breathe. It's washing I over me. Suddenly, over I'm me. melting into you. Yeah, that's old Shania, right? Or Faith that's Hill, old one Shania of those. Twain, yeah, right? that's obviously a a love song. That is a love song. Oh no, it's Faith Hill. It's Faith Hill. Faith breathe. Hill. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, you got uh, four more to go. This is amazing. You have two wrong right now. You know. I know. Oh my gosh, this lyric! This I don't is like the I, worst I I've if, ever done already. I don't even know that I could read this lyric. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, we're going all the way. And the wonder of it all is that I'm living just to fall more in love with you. Please be, please be a pop song. I'm going pop song. I'm crossing my fingers. I think that you're this wrong. Is a pop song. I think you're wrong. I'm going to do it. No, it's a worship song. No, it's not. No, it's not. We're going by delirious, all the way? By delirious, the song is called Deeper. <laughs> we're going all the way? I, I, even, I feel like I'm being so vindicated wow, right are. now. You it are. Is, you are. I don't even want to sing that like in a box. In the car. Or, you know what I mean? Like I don't want that at church or in my car. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, wow, this is I feel wow. very vindicated this here. Is All bad. Right. This is bad. Number eight. Uh, your love is a one in a million. It goes on and on and on. You give me a really good feeling all day long. I'm going to say that's a love song i think that's got to be a, a love song like a pop song. although what throws me here is the on and on, on and on, on because right. contemporary worship songs love to just repeat words yeah they definitely do 
You are correct, though. That is a love song. Okay. That is yeah. a, that is a Leah, one in a million oh, lyrics. Oh, okay. Uh, number nine, my first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all my dreams. Uh, I'm going to go love song again. Oh, I think that's a worship pop, song. Pop song. Oh, you're correct. That is a very white. <laughs> it's not contemporary. <laughs> that's not contemporary. Come on. Uh, it's not contemporary love song. It's just called love song. So love oh, song okay. or oh, contemporary okay. worship song. Oh, I think I mixed that up. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. All right, last one. Are you ready? I think this is to get a C. I think this is to get you a 7 out of 10. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Your voice is warm and tender, a love that I could not forsake. Okay. Uh, Your voice I'm gonna guess is warm and tender. I'm going to guess it's a worship song, but I desperately don't want it to be. That is not a worship song. Oh, that is a love phew. song. It doesn't okay. tell me which one it is. Don't you Video feel like that's unavailable. a worship song, though? Like you could hear, you Aubrey, could hear that I felt like song. all of those could be worship songs. All right, Brian, really you're vindicated. Did. Yep. Wow. You went six for 10. Wow. That's the worst I've ever done on one of these quizzes, which definitely tells you something. They wow, said this. They said, you're moderately skilled. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. I'll take it. Wow. Aubrey, Wowza. I've never felt more vindicated. On any segment we've ever done in this show, yeah. then my my feelings about love songs and contemporary worship songs, I could have gone 0 for 10 on that one. Well, no, there was one or two that I knew. Okay, but, but you might have been as bad as me on that one. Okay. I got wooded and worse. I was doing it alongside you, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that was really bad. Hey, people, don't. Go, th this shouldn't happen. This should I not mean, happen. Okay. Going all the way, like, let's just, let's not put that in worship song. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we'll be back again on Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good. Arr, matey, you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.